Welcome to The Starting Point, Careers at SAP, a podcast where we talk to talented people at SAP about their experiences and insights into the working world. So hello, everyone, for one more episode of our podcast. My name is Norman Jr., and I'm going to be your host. And I'm here with my lovely co-host, Kathleen Finlay. Hello, everyone. We are thrilled to be back for our next episode of The Starting Point. We have a fantastic guest today. I'm really excited for you to all meet her. But first, we have our other co-host, Amanda. Hi, guys. I'm so happy to be joining to one other episode from our season three. And today, we also have a special guest here. Serena is joining us once more. Yes, welcome back. I mean, to myself, but I mean, I'm excited to be back. <laughs> and I'm so excited for the guests that we have. If I can have the honors, I would love to introduce for her. Sure. Uh, sure. This lady that is our guest today, her name is Sandra. And Sandra and I go way back. I don't even know how many years, but we're talking at least probably six, I would say. Um, and I actually met Sandra when I hired her into an internship. And one internship landed into another internship, which landed into a full-time job. And she's had one heck of a career at SAP. And I'm not only jealous, I think our podcast crew is today. And so our goal is to make you equally as jealous as listeners. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Just get the chance to let you learn a little bit more about what her life at SAP has been like. But first, Sandra, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Well, thank you so much, Serena. I feel like you were born to be a podcast host. <laughs> this is amazing, right? <laughs> I know, so you all are. But thank you so much for the warm introduction and warm welcome. I'm super excited to be here with you all today. Uh, I think it's the right thing to say aloha for me because I'm actually calling in from Hawaii where I have the privilege to to live, work and play on a day to day basis. Uh, and, uh, you know, work actually is kind of like play for me. I, I am really, really fortunate to, um, you know, sit in a great job. Thanks to Serena from the very beginning onboarding me onto the company. But uh, the journey here has been phenomenal. But I'm also really excited about everything that's ahead. Uh, right now, I'm the chief content director for our Purpose and Sustainability Marketing Department. Uh, so I get to work on everything purpose and sustainability related uh, and our external footprint uh, in the market around how we communicate our different commitments to these topics. And it's very, very exciting. And as a millennial, uh, you know, these topics couldn't be closer <laughs> to my heart, so stereotypical as that sounds. But <laughs> uh, oh and it's really, God. really exciting to see that all these topics are not only uh, related to the traditional departments that they used to live in, like CSR, sustainability, DNI, etc. We see that even product managers and salespeople and uh, technical consultants are becoming much more sustainability conscious, and everyone is kind of finding their purpose within their jobs. And everyone kind of requires that um, that notion of purpose and sustainability now as a key component into their job description. So, super happy to be part of making a small influence and imprint on that. I can hear. I can. I can. I can still be hearing like she talking all yeah, the way no, along. Norman like, is really, so, really I, I, I right now. Like, like <laughs> my heart is warm. So I, I, I don't know how to describe today. He's still nervous, I guess. <laughs> For all of our That's, listeners okay. right now, you can't see his face, but Norman is just like be red, glowing, wow. the happiest he's ever yes. been. Watching. Party lights again, right where? <laughs> so who has the first question for Sandra today? Who wants so, to pick this off? 
No, I'm going to kick this off. Like, considering that the point that Serena talked with us before, like, you have like a huge career inside of, of SAP. So I would like to understand like how everything started, like your point of view or a little bit of Serena's point of view too about like she she part the, the participation that she had on this way. So would be so I would be so glad to have this background before we start with the questions more intense. Thank you so much for that question, Norman. Uh, it's been quite the ride, I would say, and a very diverse uh, career journey, starting uh, in product management on our data visualization products under our analytics department, uh, where you know Serena originally hired me uh, into that role, and I had to go through a lot of hoops to get that role because I was actually living in Denmark uh, because I'm a Danish citizen, and I had to go to Silicon Valley which was you know, my dream location. That was the only place I applied for for jobs after graduating from college because you know I had the Silicon Valley startup uh, dream in, in my heart and I wanted to pursue it. So I applied for 70 jobs. SAP was one of the companies that, that came back to me and said, you know, we want to interview you and, and see if you could be a great fit. And it turned out uh, you know, based on, on Serena picking me out of the pool of, of candidates <laughs> in the system uh, that, that I was a good fit for this role. But then you know, I had all all these challenges with figuring out what could my timeline be because I had to apply for a visa uh, and all of these things uh, to, to get to the United States uh, to actually pursue this dream of mine. And uh, luckily, it all worked out uh, after, I think, two or three months of going back and forth with the embassies and all those things that, that it requires when you make a jump that's international. Uh, and uh, I, I started my internship there and, and started doing a lot of enablement, uh, especially on our data visualization products, worked a lot with universities in, in the area. Uh, and through that university work, that's where I met um, a former executive at SAP. Her name was Ann Rosenberg, and she was leading uh, the University Alliances Department and all of our engagement with universities. And, and she was like, wow, what you're doing with universities is really cool. And you're really teaching them, you know, how to use our products in, in meaningful ways that kind of make sense and is relevant to where they are in their careers, uh, in, in their college careers. Why don't you come over to my team <laughs> and, and work on uh, university-related topics? And uh, and that kind of marked my my first jump internally <laughs> at SAP. And I think I was only five months into my first internship, so it was a it was kind of very shortly after starting that I I made this uh, transition into a different team, and then. Uh, got to work uh, very, very closely with the University Alliances team, which was a global team of around 100 people operating in 160 countries. So it was very much bigger than Silicon Valley. And I quickly found that out because I ended up living on a plane for the next four years. <laughs> uh, go all of these markets that we were operating in. And, and I got to be part of something really exciting, which I think is still today, you know, one of my biggest legacies at the company where I got to form the SAP Next Gen brand, which is still, you know, a very big entity within the company. And it's our go to market effort uh, from a university perspective and from a youth perspective on how we engage the next generation. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that was, you know, my big kind of uh, next gen era at SAP and then I got to evolve that work got moved around different board areas so uh, transition from from uh, research and development which at SAP at that time was called PNI into um, marketing which opened up a whole new era of uh, marketing and communications opportunities for me and, and most recently uh, a year and a half ago 
I was transitioned into the role of being one of the leaders on the purpose and sustainability marketing team uh, in really creating a holistic strategy for SAP as a company and how we show up, uh, you know, in, in terms of our commitments to different purpose and sustainability topics. And, and there are five of those topics that we're streamlining and ensuring that everyone in the company are getting behind and in a more holistic and scalable way. And it's uh, mental health, it's equality for all, it's circle economy, it's climate action, and it's social entrepreneurship and, and lifelong learning, which we actually match up with mental health because it's all about building a skilled, healthy and inclusive workforce. Um, but uh, a lot of people thought that that was still too much and too confusing. So our latest external corporate marketing narrative when it comes to purpose and sustainability is chasing zero. Uh, and chasing zero consists of only three pillars, and it's zero emissions, zero waste, and zero inequality. Uh, so when you're tuning into SAP sustainability content, you should be identifying, you know, the messaging that you're seeing uh, aligned up against those three pillars. So, so that's where I am right now. <laughs> God, like, is the ultimate goal like a hundred percent? You have clearly you've gone through um, and you just described a little bit of it. Some incredible like transformation. <laughs> Norman needs a glass of water. Um, But you've done some amazing like transitions going from different one role to the next to the next. And our co-host, I unfortunately couldn't be with us tonight. She's actually based in Hong Kong. So it's the middle of the night for her. She was really curious. What what is that transition period like for you? What what were the greatest challenges that you faced while you were going through roll to roll to roll and all these things going on? Oh, my gosh, that is such a great question. And I think it's something that we all experience in corporate life. Uh, there's a lot of anxiety because you often, you know, often when these transitions happen, it's because of leadership change, it's because of organizational change and, and all these different components, right, that play a large role when you're working in a corporate setting. Um, so I think that there's always excitement for all the opportunities that comes with change. Um, and uh, I, I think that that kind of sums up, you know, at least the emotional spectrum of what you're experiencing when you're going into into these transitions. Um, and uh, it, but I do think that it's so worth it. And even when you can do voluntary transitions, which I've also done from time to time, those are really, really important for your personal growth and your career development and for you to become a more versatile professional and, and just learning uh, about different facets of the business. I know that there's a lot of young people out there who would really love to have an opportunity to work abroad. And we have this very uh, adventurous generation out there. So I wanted to ask, how was it for you to to find these opportunities, these different opportunities overseas, even from uh, an outside perspective and also from inside SAP? How, how was that? I think that it is not easy. But I think companies like SAP makes it easier for you to actually be able to dream about going to places outside of the geography that you're from uh, because they have those big global infrastructures and they're able to move you around. They're able to, you know, sponsor your visa uh, if you're, in, you know, if you need something like that. And they're able to help you uh, transition into different markets. And if you're already in an existing role within the company. So I've actually done a couple of moves myself internationally working at SAP. So I was working in the US for almost two years, and then I transitioned into a German contract 
for for two years, and then I transitioned back to a U.S. contract after two or after two years in Germany. So uh, it's it's very interesting that you get you know both the initial starting point for when you start out your career. It's much easier um, getting an internship or landing a full time job um, with with a big corporation like SAP that actually has the infrastructure and and the legal counsel to be able to help you with the visa requirements and all these things that it requires. But also once you're in the company, it's really cool that you have 180 countries or 90 countries, I think it actually is that are that we operate in that you can transition into. Right. There are job opportunities opening up constantly in Singapore or Hong Kong, where your colleague is from or South Africa. And and you can go to all those places and pursue career opportunities there. And, and I think that's really exciting. I have a question for you. So you've been to all these places, lived in all these places. What has been the biggest culture shock moment for you? That is a hard one to answer without being too candid and stepping on people's toes, right? <laughs> but it's, uh, it's... I guess that's fair. I would say like moving to Germany was a big cultural shock just because of um, luckily I know a bit of German because I grew up, you know, with a with a both a mom and a dad who speak fluent German. And I was sent to Germany when I was a teenager to learn German. So I definitely, you know, had the basics. Uh, but it's hard when you're living in a country where the majority of the people don't speak English and they don't speak any other language than German. Um, and uh I would say there was also a little bit of a hierarchical structure, um, both when I, I spent a lot of time in Asia uh, working on big projects and uh, with our Japanese colleagues, I, I've sensed the same thing. There's a huge hierarchical structure that you need to kind of understand and educate yourself on before you immerse yourself in, in the job. Um, and in Germany, it was very apparent too. And I often got confused as being my peer who was, you know, 10 years senior to me in age, uh, a lot of people would always um, just assume that I was his assistant or his secretary, just because, you know, that has been the image for for, for many, many years in, in that region, uh, you know, that the younger women, the, they are the, the secretaries of the older men. And it's, <laughs> unfortunately, that hasn't completely been changed yet, that perception. I think it's happening. And we are seeing a lot of very, very powerful and influential female leaders coming out of regions like Germany and, and Southern European countries and Central European countries. But um, there's definitely a change and difference being from Denmark, where there's equality is, is very apparent and women, you know, actually, it's all women leading SAP Nordics, Baltics and uh, all the different regions, you know, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, Finland, they're all led by women. <laughs> so, uh, that so. is actually, that's a fantastic transition because another thing that we're all really curious about, passionate about is you're clearly uh, an incredible advocate for women and women empowerment. And we want to hear more of your perceptions on that. What motivates you there? And most of it, talk a little bit about your project, the, the feminist portfolio, because this is something that is going to be very interesting for us too. Yes, absolutely. So um, actually, since the beginning of my career and Serena was actually part of, of uh, you know, building the foundation for this, um, I was assigned to managing uh, SAP's partnership with Stanford's Women in Data Science program, which back then was a very local program. It only took place at Stanford in California. 
Um, and you know, my team had the idea to scale the concept and ensure that all this quality content that was being produced out of Stanford was being democratized across our global teams and our global regions through live streams and through localized events that would then tune into the global event, which would be headquartered out of Stanford. And thankfully, our colleagues at Stanford and our partners who we were sponsoring, they were open and receptive to this idea. And today, now five years later, it has actually become the world's largest data science movement of women in data science. And there's more than 150 events that take place uh, every year during the month of March and April, you know, worldwide. And it's really amazing to have been part of something like that from the very beginning and actually planting the seed for it to engage, you know, hundreds of thousands of women now every single year uh, during that period and really getting women engaged into the topic of STEM and specifically data science, which is such an important topic in technology uh, because everything we do is run by data uh, and is dictated by the data that we're able to capture and analyze and measure and uh, effectively utilize in our business processes. My current role right now, I'm on the HR Early Talent Attraction team. And we've been forming a closer alliance with university alliances. So I, I, when I saw that event pop up and saw that you were involved in it, I was like, oh, my gosh, that just happened. Really <laughs> and just considering this, like about university alliance and like the beginning of next gen, I would like to understand more like how it was in this this beginning of the build of this project related to the next gen, how you feel and what is your perspective about everything that is going on. And a, a quick introduce about what is next gen for the people who is listening to our episode too. Yes. So SAP next gen is a uh, SAP's way of engaging with the next generation and youth, uh, it's being run by our University Alliance's colleagues. So the majority of the people that are you know, active in the community are students, but I'll say there are also many young entrepreneurs and, uh, and millennial you know, founders and stuff like that who find their way in through SAP NextGen uh, as a great avenue to engage with SAP as a company, both to onboard them as a partner, but also to uh, look for career opportunities, not just within SAP, but within our entire ecosystem, because there's so many learning assets and enablement assets that that kind of help you as a young person uh, get involved with the work that SAP is involved in. So uh, so that's kind of it in a nutshell. Uh, and uh, I would say SAP Next Gen to me is kind of like my baby. And I'm so happy, you know, even though I'm not part of the team anymore that's running SAP NextGen, I'm so happy to see how it's still so successful in the market and how, you know, the brand is thriving and how, you know, people are really, you know, they're 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 evangelizing around it and it's really become uh, its own thing. And it's a uh, that's actually one of the best thing, right? When you leave another team behind, that you see what you built is something that's lasting and not something that just retires when you retire from that team. Um, so, uh, working at SAP, we've seen next gen e emails, and I've I have actually participated in some of the of the weeds uh, live stream sessions last year and this year too, and like getting to to just hear you talking about it is just so amazing i i'm really enjoying this moment too <laughs> yeah i want to have like your opinion now about like how do you feel being like a chief of content creation and like working around this 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 thing about content creating and communication at all like i have your i want to have your perspective about like what do you think about your job this role and everything that's around this this is such a great question too um and it's i'm passionate so about this topic like <laughs> 
3,000%. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you're running a podcast, right? This oh, is a, yeah. a, an epic example of a beautiful piece of content. Which you this this way, like, make more sense. <laughs> 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 and, and and that's the thing we're living in a content economy right now which makes me really excited about being in a role of content uh, because everything we do is driven by content and you know the you know from this podcast to the product announcements that we put out into the world to you know even politicians right when they're speaking and and when uh, consumer facing brands are speaking to their consumers it's all content driven and uh, so so I truly believe that you know we're living in a content economy that's here to stay so it's always fun to work on something that you know is always going to be relevant um and you know now during covid it's become more apparent than ever that we need content in order to activate our our stakeholders and our um, and our audiences in, in a meaningful way and there are so many different content streams right and uh, what I love about it is that I get to work with a ton of creative people. So I, you know, I have videographers, I have uh, media managers, both social and, and regular media managers on my team. Uh, and then I have uh, graphic designers and writers. So when you have those superstar talents around content, you're able to do so many things, um, you know, end to end, whether it's building out an incredible video or it's building out a you know, incredible editorial, you can do all those things when you have those skill sets. So I think also an encouragement to anyone who's listening here on the call, we of course love, 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 love technical talents at SAP, but these like softer skills are also super important, being able to communicate effectively and um, doing creative design and creative, uh, you know, podcasting like you're doing, Norman. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but into any job, right? Because even though if you're sitting as an accountant, it would still be so much more exciting, right? If you were able to visualize and represent the numbers that you're presenting to your stakeholders in, in a creative way. Uh, and it's all content driven at the end of the day. And I was on a phone call yesterday with an account manager and I was blown away by his setup. He's, he started out by coming into the call and there's like this video backdrop on him that came alive and it did like flashing lights similar to what you have Norman with with your actual lights oh. at the desk but <laughs> this was like virtual and then it popped up all these logos of clients you know that he's working on and working with it for for different solutions and and I was just like wow you're like so much more sophisticated than me and I'm an actual content <laughs> and you're an account manager <laughs> everyone has been there don't worry about this <laughs> this feeling it is is common when you're working with content creation because like when you're thinking that you are like up to date it's you you discover that I have like so much stuff that you need to learn yet because you're someone pop off with new stuff <laughs> yeah it's always going to have a next level so don't I worry don't about even it pretend. i don't even pretend <laughs> that i'm a little bit up to date i know i'm like back two centuries ago with my ability <laughs> to create content so give me pen and paper and i can do okay but other than that i leave it to you guys we actually just did um, something called Project X, which was out of the board area that I work in, uh, where these X fellows were placed into different teams. And we were able to get five fellows into our team over a period of three months where they got to shadow, you know, all the different content creators that we have in the team and learn uh, from these different creative skill sets. So that was a really cool exchange program. And I think they're going to continue doing it. And it's uh, it's always good to get new energy into the team. And I know Serena you're uh, you're in the same boat. Yes, it's it's 
it's an experience, Sandra. And I, I, I really do kind of love the whole entire thing. And just from the first time I met you to today, knowing when you first left the Bay Area to go to New York and when you guys launched the Hudson Yards office, like that was just mind blowing in itself. And the fact that you got to be a part of that was just crazy following you to Germany. And it's funny because I knew you lived in Germany, but I never really saw you in Germany because again, like you said, you were constantly (laughs) traveling around Um, and on a flight, which I know is kind of like not the best, you know, it sounds a lot more glamorous than it really is sometimes from that perspective, but you managed to keep your relationship with the man who eventually became your husband your personality has never changed the whole entire way through this. You were still like this ball of just sunshine and aloha energy. And your vocabulary is a little different. I'm not going to lie. But in the bigger <laughs> scheme of things, I mean, you've really managed to keep your authentic self and really bring who you are. And that to me is just something that at any level in your career, whether you're an early talent or someone a little bit more senior or way even more professional down the road, you know, that's that's an accomplishment. One would you say was the, the biggest obstacle that you had looking back at your entire career at SAP? Oh, oh that's a loaded our- question for her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's such a big question, but such an important question that I hope everyone will kind of reflect on as I dive into the answer that I have personally. Um, but it really speaks to what Serena talked about and it's staying authentic and true to yourself because when you're working with a lot of high level, um, you know, content pieces or executives, you know, there are a lot of situations where you're, where you're kind of forced to choose between your own integrity and just following whatever, you know, the leader is saying that you need to do. And something that I have always taken a lot of pride in is radical candor. So always staying true to to what I believe in and also kind of saying no, even when, you know, my manager is asking me to do something. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are, are kind of inclined to just do it because it's your manager, right? And you want to perform, you want to do well. But actually something that I realized very early on is you have to speak your own truth and you have to stay true to what you think is the right thing to do. And your manager will actually end up respecting you more for that opinion and for voicing your your opinion. Um, and that's something that I've always done. And I've always worked with very, very strong executives and Serena knows them all, but <laughs> very dominating people. And um And they are amazing because they're also often the people who have the biggest visions and the biggest dreams. So it's always a great ride to be on and you'll get to experience you'll you'll get to experience very big highs. uh, But those can also become lows. Right. So there's always high risk and and, uh, but also high opportunity when you're working at that level. But always stay true to what you think is the right thing to do and and keep your integrity intact, because, um, you know, that's the that's the key thing that you have at the end of the day Uh, and it ties into your reputation it ties into who you are as a person how you conduct yourself and uh, and people will remember you for being that person it's not easy but it's one of those things where you won't regret it because you know your yourself is the most important asset that you have at the end of the day and as much as we all love sap uh you know you have to stay true to to your own values and yourself um and thankfully, SAP a lot of times share a lot of, you know, my personal values and in, in my experience. I, I always encourage people to choose what they think is the right thing to do. 
to mix things up a little, I have a couple of quick questions to see if like, just say the first thing on your, that comes to mind, right? So what's your favorite thing about the Palo Alto campus? Oh, that's a good question. But I think the basketball courts. The hiking trails. If you were going to um, the Hudson Yard office, what's one thing in the building that's a must see? And SAP, I would definitely say, you know, not to be biased, but the 48th floor, which is the innovation center uh, that I was part of building up, uh, which is now actually uh, being relaunched in August. And I'm part of that relaunch team. So I can keep you all up to date on on how the relaunch is going to look like for, for Hudson Yards. But the 48th floor is really what the space that's dedicated dedicated to all of our external engagements. Um, we have our App House colleagues there. We have our SAP.io colleagues there. Uh, there's a lot of exciting innovation uh, happening with customers. It's a very creative space. Um, so definitely encourage everyone to visit the 48th floor of 10 Hudson Yards, which is the SAP office. Uh, and then the 52nd floor is not bad either. They have, a, you know, that's our main executive briefing center for all of our customers, but it's also the location of our rooftop terrace <laughs> where you can get to look out at the entire New York City. And it's absolutely stunning. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for all this incredible advice. You definitely, as you've seen throughout this podcast, we're all in all of you. You've your complete inspiration on this, this incredible journey that you've had so far. Um, I want to know what's next. What do you see as the thing that you want to end up doing? What anything in the works right now that you're excited about? So I would say personally, I, I have this uh, organization that I just started volunteering for here in Hawaii. It's called Family Programs. And um, it's, you know, all about supporting uh, kids who are coming from marginalized communities and and don't necessarily have uh, a support network. And a lot of them are orphans, which is something that's like a, a big, big passion project of mine, because I think it's one of the most unfair things in the world that some people are just born into a world with no one around them. Um, so we need to kind of figure out how to create the best support networks for those kids who are, you know, not as, as fortunate as, as a lot of us are. And um, so that's a big personal project of mine right now that I'm kind of immersing myself into uh, that I'm really excited about. And, and professionally, I'm just really excited to see how purpose and sustainability is gaining traction and going from something that used to be nice to have to a need to have. So we're building it into our core product for functionality. We're launching launching big uh, product suites and portfolios that can actually power our customers and partners to drive sustainable organizations. That's amazing. That, that organization that you're working with on the side, it just sounds absolutely beautiful and like something that, I mean, if I was in Hawaii, I'd be there with you. So. Oh, this is so great. Like, I, I guess it would be like a really beautiful place. Yeah, but I never left Brazil yet. Pot, new idea, podcast now we host from a different location every <laughs> week. <laughs> but like everyone in, in a different country looking planet's location. So it's going to be amazing. So, well, Norman, I'll give you a little tip that I actually never traveled outside of the U.S. either. Until oh. I got the chance to travel with SAP in 2017. So if it wasn't for SAP, I never actually would have owned a passport, let alone started <laughs> traveling outside the country. And I was already in my 30s before that happened. So, I mean, I, the first place I got to go was Heidelberg in Germany. 
And the next place I got to go was Vancouver um, in Canada. And then the very last place I got to go, and I'm pretty sure, um, yeah, it was right before COVID lockdown, was uh, Paris, which was just crazy. So, I mean, if it wasn't for SAP, I never would have gotten to experience that. So don't hold back. You never know. If you stay here long enough, you might actually get to travel outside of Latin America. So. Okay, so let's give it a try. It all starts with Heidelberg, as Serena said. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I had officially become a real employee when I got sent to Germany because I had known interns who had gotten to go to Germany. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. And my question about like the United Nations is like, I want to understand how it was your experience there. Like, Yes, yeah, so this actually takes me back to the SAP Next Gen days because we quickly found out when we launched this uh, brand under SAP that one of the most effective ways to communicate with the next generation and young people uh, in general is to talk to their hearts, right? And in their heart, a lot of young people, millennials and Gen Z, they have purpose at the core of, of their mission in life. Um, so, so we made it a big point to ensure that there was a direct connection between all the assets that we were building out for SAP Next Gen and purpose and sustainability. And that's also kind of what spun my way into purpose and sustainability marketing. Um, and then another big factor was that the UN Global Goals or the Sustainable Development Goals, also referred to as the SDGs, which is this framework of 17 goals and challenges that the world is facing that we need to address. Um, SAP went in together with Angela Merkel, who, was the, who is still today the head of uh, Germany, uh, head of state for Germany until the end of the year. It's going to be so hard to see her go. She's amazing. But she and Bill McDermott, our former CEO, they went to the United Nations and committed uh, Germany as a country and SAP as a company uh, to, to do their part in in ensuring that we could achieve uh, reaching these goals and and uh, creating solutions for these goals and then after bill went and did the big commitment he assigned multiple teams across the company to start activating not just internal education on what the goals means um you know to all of our works but also you know how can we ensure that our customers and partners are enabled and empowered to build solutions that are solving the, go the goals and that's actually where the very early sustainability uh, commitments came in externally it was in 2015 when this happened and our team SAP NextGen was assigned as one of the externally facing teams that had to ensure that we maintained a really strong connection to this commitment and And so I got to go to a lot of United Nations events, both at the headquarter in at in New York, uh, but also in Geneva and <laughs> in Austria, where wow, there's another wow. big headquarters uh, for the United Nations. Wow. And Rome. Um, so very, very privileged to be, you know, in the situation where I got to to be a diplomat <laughs> side by side with with my work at SAP uh, and it, yeah, a great education for sure. Well, it's been such a privilege and just meeting you all and seeing what you guys are up to has been really inspiring. And I love this format and I hope, you know, that it will really serve as inspiration and uh, and excitement for all of your, our new talents who are joining, but also people who are just curious and interested in hearing what, what SAP is up to. Sandra, I really do want to take the time to thank you for coming here today. And before we close out, Man, you being you is just one of the best things to see. And the fact that, you know, we haven't physically talked on the phone. We've been mostly social media connected for quite a while here. But that just to pick up the phone and know that we could literally just talk as if I saw you yesterday in Palo Alto was just a big 
a big part of who you are and the vibe that you give to people and how you make them feel comfortable and that you're approachable and so many other things. And I know this may sound a little weird, but lady, I am so proud of you and what you've achieved and your potential is just off the charts, but be proud of what you've accomplished because I know others are including myself and just enjoy watching you thrive in an environment where you really just kind of get to be yourself and, you know, really just kind of be who you are. And as SAP says, you know, bring who you are and become everything you want to be. And I, I know it sounds cheesy, but that's like one of my favorite catchphrases because it really is a place where you could do that. And you are a perfect example of that experience. So thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Um, such a privilege from that side. Yeah. And so thank you so much for this. For our dear listening, please thumbs up our episode show and don't forget to share. If you want to reach out for Sandra, please search on LinkedIn. Sandra Morch is right. Yes. <laughs> okay. So we're good. <laughs> And don't forget to follow our other social medias like Instagram, Left at SAP, and the other ones that you can find out. So this is the quick wrap up. I'm so glad that you are here. Thank you so much for listening to our episode and see you in the next one. Goodbye.